broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America. The no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom. Opium-free broadcast. The most important hour of your day. And good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I am the Mick. I am filling in for Josh tonight on the Red Pill Project. And, uh, yeah, I'm here. What's up? Uh, as I always get my show started off, I always say, what's up, fuckers? So, uh, anyway, I gotta, oh, wait, I gotta redo pill. Sorry, folks. I'm just, I, we just got done with our show. I'm just switching everything over. So give me one second. I'm gonna fix one other thing right quick and I'll be right back. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not going nowhere. I'm just joking. I'm just trying to bring up the pill chat because I can't see it. And I'm sure there's already people in there. It's just been, we had to change a bunch of things over and I couldn't get my background fixed in enough time. So I was a little pissy, but whatever. So I'm just switching everything over. So give me one second. There's my echo. There I am. And I'm back. What up? I, I don't know if I've ever, I've never done this. This is the first time I've ever ha hosted on my own. So um, be fair, be fair. Uh, but hold me to this, hold me accountable. First time hosting on my own. So welcome. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the Red Pill Project and the Daily Dose. And I'm here to talk tonight about the Daily Dose. So that's what we're doing tonight. We're going to do the news, folks. If you've never heard me do the news before, well, get ready. Hold on to your seat because you're about to have a lot of fun. I, first of all, I do my show in a t-shirt. I don't wear a jacket like Josh. I'm not as professional as Josh. I'm not as refer reformed. I don't mince words. And if you're um, a little light with the words, um, uh, I, I like the word fuck. I can argue away why I use it. It is very simply put an acronym. It is four letters, fornication under consent of a king. Uh, we've, we've used it since the dark ages. Prima Noctua was basically based around it. So screw it. I'm going to go ahead and use it. So if you don't like fuckers, sorry, I'm going to blow that one out of the water for you. But see, now I got to share my, oh, I see my wife. I sometimes to the moon, Alice, to the moon, to the moon. Anyway, sorry, my bad. I have to share my screen and uh, I'm going to get a little weird on you. So that's going to be odd. Anyway, yeah. Back to it. So the first thing we're going to start off with is obviously we've, uh, if you have, if you're not aware, if you've been asleep, like, uh, some people have for over the years yesterday, or I guess now, now it's a while ago, we were declared, um, domestic terrorists. Uh, so I'm a domestic terrorist, much like the rest of you. Um, and I enjoy it. It's a, it's a title I wear proudly. Um, and I will not unwear it and it's not something you can unsee type thing. So I'm okay with it, but yes, I am a domestic terrorist and I was labeled that by our own president. And one of the things I noticed over the course of the couple, last couple of days, and I'm sure Josh will get into this too, if he, if he's noticed it, but I don't care the fact, I mean, I do care. I think there's a big problem with him labeling one whole swath of Americans, domestic terrorists. I think there's a huge problem with that. I, th I think that sets uh, a terrible precedent and um, I, I, I have my own issues with it. However, one of the things I found interesting is if you watch, okay, this, is, this just confirms to me that Biden has absolutely no idea what the hell he's talking about half the time he's on stage. Because if you've watched over the last couple of days, and I have, I've been watching very closely. First day, he comes out, he has that speech, uh, over the weekend, he says, those MAGA extremists, 
we must be all the MAGA extremists. Okay, that's cool. And we're bad guys. Now we're threats, clear and present dangers to the American society as a whole. Okay. And on my show, we just went over clear and present danger. If you go into the Q posts and uh, you can go in there, you can find clear and present danger in what they're talking about. And you can almost pinpoint every part of that back to this. And it all adds up. It's crazy. We did it the other night. It had me actually wondering, uh, is Q looking into a crystal ball or is he just clairvoyant? I'm, I'm not sure which. Anyway, he turned it around and... He runs his neck about how MAGA sucks, MAGA this, MAGA that. I don't like MAGA. Okay, fine. You don't like MAGA. We get it. We get it. And Joe went out and he said all that bad stuff about us that night. And then the next day he gets interviewed by a person with a camera and he says, oh, I, I don't consider all Trump supporters extremists. No, just the ones that are holding office, right? Then today, today. Old Joe goes out and he starts talking about all of us again and we're all the Trumpies and oh Jesus, it gets horrible. But let's start out with the first part of his speech because remember, Joe's done some good things the last couple, you know, years, months, whatever you want to call it. He's done some good things like this. I said I was running for three reasons. One, to restore the soul of America. By that I meant decency, honor, meaning what you say, literally treating people with some respect. Is any Anybody else sitting here going, what? what? What did you just say? Treating people with, huh? I, I mean, my hard drive just shut down because you just said that. Treating people with dignity and respect and honor. And oh, honor. Don't forget honor. We got to have fucking honor in there. Holy shit if we didn't have honor. Somebody explained to me how in Mar-a-Lago that was dignity, respect, and honor. Somebody explained to me how over the course of the last two years, as we've been villainized for being conspiracy theorists, how we've been vilified for, oh, anti-vaxxers, how we're just only concerned about our bodies and our children's bodies and our parents' bodies and what people are putting in our bodies, that, oh, well, you're anti-vaxxers which is a conspiracy theorist. Oh, and because we also happen to care about our election system and our electoral system and how it works and how it operates from day to day. Hmm. I can't, I can't figure out how exactly um, there's honor in any of that. Anything you've done, you've lied about everything. Shit. We, we keep finding out about it. California. I mean, their power problems that we're just finding out about now. I've got farmers that are talking about how Soros-backed liberals. Now, understand, I, I got a thing about Soros. And no, it's not a man crush, so you're all crazy. But I got a thing about Soros because Soros has been a pet peeve of mine for a while, and I just really want to see that man, you know, just go on to the next realm. And I don't care how he gets there. You all have heard my story. You know that my, my other nickname in the military was Dick Punch, so why not? I'll, I'll do that for y'all. I'll use my get out of jail free card on that one. Would everybody support that if I did? I mean, I'm allowed one get out of jail free card, you know, because I'm still a crazy veteran. So I, I haven't claimed PTSD yet. So I still got my get out of jail free card. But there was a, a really interesting story that came out in the Epic Times over the weekend. And it's about this U.S. rancher who revealed the planned 
food shortages and the real goal of the carbon agenda, according to Bill Gates and the CCP, and why they are buying up farm, farmland in the Midwest of America. Now, I had heard a little bit about this a while ago. I'm sure you all did too. When Dr. Sherwood was running for, uh, when he was running for the governor of Oklahoma, uh, he came on our show. And yeah, we smoke weed. Um, I don't freaking care, but he brought up the whole point that the Chinese are coming into Oklahoma, buying up all sorts of weed fields and all sorts of crap. How they're buying, first of all, how anybody's buying property in the United States and you're not a U.S. citizen, that has to go like quick, fast, and in a hurry. And I don't give a shit if you're buying, if we have a, a thing against straw purchases in the United States for guns. I think we should have a thing about straw purchases for property too. I think we should make a big deal about straw purchases in the United States for property. So if you are going to try and buy property for a company of a foreign country that is not headquartered here in the United States, uh, then in that, in that aspect, it is not incorporated or headquartered here in the United States, then I don't think you can buy the property. I think you can rent and lease but that's it. You can't buy dick. You can't own shit here in America, as far as I'm concerned. That's my take on it, my two cents. But this guy goes on. This this uh, article is actually pretty long, but it is a great – he goes in – I mean, he goes into the weeds, folks, or as, I, as he calls it, into the corn on this stuff. He gets deep on what they're doing. Like, for instance, he explains diesel fuel. You know the diesel shortage? It's got nothing to do with us. It's got nothing to do with normal Americans. This has to do deal with the farmers. This is to push us back to a one world economy. This is to push us back to we are required to live off of another another country's sustenance to keep our country afloat. For instance, us having to live off of China. This has all been planned. According to this guy, this has all been planned. He's seen this coming for years. It is a great story. You can find it in the Epic Times. It's called U.S. Rancher Planned Food Shortages Revealed the, the Goal of Carbon, the Carbon Agenda, Bill Gates, and the CCP Buying Up Farmland in the Midwest. It is a freaking amazing freaking article. And he goes into it all. And uh, one of the real crazy things he talks about is this didn't, this has been going on since 2000. This whole agenda that they've been buying up this property in America has been going on since 2000. 22 years now, they've been just wandering around the U.S., buying up property, buying up not just property. They are buying farms. They're not just buying property. They are buying farms from everything, from cattle farms to wheat, dairy, all of the other farms. They are literally just buying farms. That's it. That's what Bill Gates, China, and uh, that whole whole thing, and the carbon agenda, the whole carbon agenda works to their their advantage because they can put tighter restrictions. Um, why we're just seeing about this Amish, the Amish guys, the Amish farmer, that the FBI has been just going after like fucking nuts. They're like, oh, we're going to take all your food. We're going to close you down. You're not going to be able to sell any of your dairy products. No meat, no nothing. Guys like just dude, just leave me alone. I'm Amish. Really? I don't even have no, uh, I don't even have an electric item in my house. You're really going to bust me over dairy products. I, that I just find absolutely ridiculous. However, according to this farmer though, it's not, they want a one world system. This is the idea of the global cabal, the global agenda spreading across this country. That's what it's about. 
they want the one world system. You can't get your milk anywhere else. You got to get it from the government. Oh, you want your wheel of cheese? Yeah, we'll give it to you. I've seen them. They were in the freaking, they were all over uh, the commissaries and the PXs. I remember kids, guys used to go, guys used to go buy those wheels of cheese and they bet on who would finish it. I swear to God, I don't know how they, how you could stuff that much cheese down your throat, but holy shit. Those things are huge. I, that shit's no joke. I was like, wow, I didn't think they were that big. But uh, Joe got heckled again. I don't know if y'all saw that. In Milwaukee, I don't know if we have anybody from Milwaukee in here currently watching. Maybe you were out there heckling them. If it is, hats off to you, sir. But old Joe getting heckled yet again. And it's not high I mean it from the bottom of my heart. As I said last week, we remain in the battle for the soul of America. By the way, all right, God love you. Let him go. Let him go. No, 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 no. Don't let, let him go. Let him. He's look. Everybody's entitled to be an idiot. No, no. Everybody's entitled. Okay. Look. <laughs> Joe strung together a sentence of no's. I'm impressed. And folks, do me a favor. Look behind him. I'm sorry. All of these people, they're paid actors. They're holding up signs, Union Strong. They have to be here. They don't have a choice. They're a part of a union. They have to be there. Part of their union dues is they probably got to have, they have to show up to things like this. I, I was, I was talking on my show earlier today and I see a, a bunch of people in here. Uh, Leanna, everybody. Wow. Look at all you. We got a lot of people in here. Holy crap. Thank you guys for showing up. Anyway, uh, they, I was saying this earlier on the show that um, they, they probably, uh, when they did this, all of the, um, those are all actors behind them, but they're all like the big union folks. And in the unions, I mean, they don't have a choice. I mean, there's some people that look really pissed off. They have to be there. They're kind of like, well, Jesus, you're screwing up my whole afternoon. I could have been over at the office taking care of other stuff, but no, you got me here. Listen to this windbag who just strung together a whole bunch of no's in one sentence. Um, yeah. So, uh, also we were talking about, uh, Carrie Lake. Everybody knows who Carrie Lake is. I hope by now Carrie Lake is uh, running for the governor of Arizona. Um, she is the liberal news anchor turned Republican overnight, apparently, uh, after she realized that she might lose her job because they're trying to cancel people who are until it affected her is what I I've come to or my assessment of it. I don't trust her, but I don't trust anybody. So don't be offended. Uh, I find her a little odd, too polished to be here. We talked about it earlier as well. She's She's got uh, – I, I don't know what it is about her. I look at her and I'm kind of like, really? I mean, I can see through your smugness and your arrogance that you already don't like us. But, I mean, that's just me. But apparently her opponent in Arizona, she asked her to – she wants her to uh, do a debate. And uh, apparently her opponent so far left, she won't do the debate at all with her. She's like, I don't want to have anything to do with this woman. So she actually had to put out a message about it. And this is what she said. Well, the deadline was today. And my opponent, Katie Hobbs, has officially declined the debate. Hobbs is so terrified that I might bring up the fact that she is a twice convicted racist and that her racism cost the Arizona taxpayers nearly $3 million dollars. She doesn't have one single policy to stand on, not one. I made it unbelievably easy for her. 
She picks the date, the time, the moderator. She even had the chance to write all of the questions. But she would rather hide from the voters and let Soros and other dark money groups pour millions of dollars into attack ads against me. That's her plan. Well, Katie, it didn't work in the primary, and it's not going to work in the general either. Arizona, Hobbs thinks so little of you that she isn't even going to campaign and try to earn your vote. But I sure will. Please visit CarrieLake.com events. Come on out and meet me and then ask me your tough questions. You can grill me. Seriously. I'm applying for a job and you are the hiring manager. Unlike Katie Hobbs, I will not be hiding. Quite the contrary. I will be out every single day meeting my future bosses, you, the people of Arizona. I hope I get to see you out there on the campaign trail soon. Well, if if I've got to, if that's it, if that's all I've got to do, I got to show up and meet her and I can ask her questions. Great. I, she, I mean, she is too perfect. Uh, I think, uh, uh, Picasso said, yeah, that's what it is. She's too perfect. And I, I mean, she's polished. Don't get me wrong. She was in front of the camera for 30 something years. She worked for a local news TV station or something like that. And I, I get you, I get it, but she was a liberal for every single one of those years. And hear me out now. And I'm going to be kind of hard on her because I'm sorry. I'm hearing more and more of these people that come out and say, oh, well, I'm America first Republican. Really? Where were you last year? Oh, I was a Democrat. How the frick are you an America first candidate now? No way. No, it doesn't happen in a year, dude. Sorry. Don't get me wrong. I, I think people can change. Yes, I believe that. However, dude, like that. You're, you're flipping over fast, faster than Fauci did. And we sent him a whole box of flip-flops from my show. And then he talked about them in a New York Times article, which was really funny because he didn't understand what the flip-flops were for because every day he was flip-flopping his decision on COVID. So we sent him a big, big box of flip-flops. What a fucking dick. Anyway, she's kind of the same way in this aspect. She has that... When I found out about her and I actually looked into her background... Until her job affected her. For instance, she originally, she was a huge liberal, big time liberal. She supported the left. She, she doesn't deny it. So she openly talks about it. And I don't have an issue with that. I'm cool with that. I, I'm, I'm not anti that at all. She, but she talks about it. And then all of a sudden, one day, out of the blue, she's not a liberal anymore. Now she's a Republican. Cause she wants to run for governor. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. What happened? Well, she was required from her job there in Arizona to get the jab. She didn't want to get the jab. So she said, no, she got fired. She lost her job and now she's back looking for a gig. So what's her stick? Well, let's go into politics. So she goes into politics. Now remember folks. And if you're in Arizona, I want you to listen to this. If you're in Arizona, you need to listen to this because the only reason she got into politics, the only reason that she left her old job is because it affected her directly. Remember, folks, she didn't get into politics because politics affected her directly. No, she got into politics because she lost her other job, which affected her directly was a political decision because she had she was being forced to get the job. She said, no, I don't blame her for that. I'm down with that. That's cool. 
what my problem is, is she doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to affect her until it affects her. If you understand what I'm, where I'm going with this until it actually hurts her, then she wants to do something for Arizona. So then my next thing becomes, is that how she's going to be as a governor until it hurts the state house or until it affects the state of Arizona? Is she just going to keep her head buried in the sand like another ostrich? All of you folks out in Arizona, what are you going to do to hold her feet to the fire? Because that's what has to happen. If she gets elected, the lesser of two evils. Okay, I get it. I understand we don't have anybody else to vote for. Who else are we going to vote for, Mick? You're absolutely right. Every time I get into a conversation like this about Democrats or Republicans, every time I get into a conversation about people who are voting conservative, people who are voting liberal, and mind you, I, I did some, I got a degree in political science. So I understand a little bit of this. I, I told her, you know, I, I tell people when I look at this and they, they tell me, well, Mick, what are we, who are we supposed to vote for then? Both of them suck. I'm like, they do. But who, I guess who sucks the less, if that's the best way of looking at it. And I thought the whole objective about America first was so we didn't have to vote for somebody like that. I thought the idea behind America first was so we always voted for the one candidate that we wanted. You know what I mean? I just don't know. She just, there's something about her. There's an air of I'm an asshole type wafting off of her. Even her on the screen, I can smell it. It's like smacking me in the face. It's just, she has this very... I don't know. I want to punch it though. Like the, I don't want to punch her. I just want to punch it. I don't know what it is, but every, every time I look at her, I'm just like, but don't worry. This one will be making you even more happy because uh, we still hire the most, the brightest people to the white house, to most government jobs, which is outstanding. Also remember too, this just today. And I, uh, I giggle about this one too. Cause I put my stories down, but in the uh, latest round here that we've, we've got going on down there in DC and all of their geniusness. Um, let me get rid of that. I don't need any of that stuff. Sweet. That's what way old. So I can't find it. Of course. What did I do with it? That's that. There's a problem with doing one show right after the other. So we do have uh, the prime, like this morning when I, when I got up today, I got to, when I got to work, we were, or uh, as I was getting up, getting going to work, I, I normally listen to Politico playbook as the first podcast. I listen to like, I think it's 12 podcasts now a day. That's roughly what my average is. I get to 12 podcasts normally. Some of them are a little bit longer than others, but I try to get to about 12 of them a day. And they're even-sided. So I do six liberal and I do six Republican or far right, depending on what I'm listening for. Um, And I grab from the smather. I mean, some of them are 15-minute podcasts. Some of them are a good hour and 45 minutes. Um, I try not to do that with the liberal ones because there's only so much you can force a human to listen to before their earballs start bleeding. So um, I try to narrow that time frame down to just about – Unfortunately, I have to push it to an hour now because some of them are getting a little winded because we're getting closer to election season or election season's coming closer to an end, I should say. Um, Four things to watch in the upcoming midterm primaries that is extremely important. Um, 
And I got this out of uh, the Washington Examiner. Uh, this is actually, there's really three states that we have to be worried about right now because they're the last three to primary. Uh, Massachusetts and Delaware are primary today. New Hampshire doesn't primary until the 13th. So they're the last primary in the United States prior to the election. However, they always declare that this is the first day that boom, we're right out the gate again. We're back into the general election. We're heading towards the general election. Um, so the Washington Examiner put out four, uh, really three, but it's four total things we need to watch out for. The first one is the incumbent governor, uh, uh, Charlie Baker, who is not seeking reelection, which gives an open seat for the, and, and the Democrats to, to, flip uh one of the seats um in a largely liberal state with a nonpartisan um democratic view according to what P cook political report said state attorney michael uh, mara healy is the de facto de democrat who is now running uh against a republican called uh named jeff deal uh, for the November election, Deal is a former state lawmaker, is largely uh, a GOP front runner after being endorsed by Donald Trump, which is outstanding. And that's in that's in uh, Massachusetts. That's what's going on tonight. So we get to find out what's going on tonight uh, here shortly. We should start seeing some returns coming in. Uh, Delaware is likely to be a rematch for the 2020 uh, lone house seat, um, which if you didn't see it in 2020, it literally ended with by a point. Uh, or half a point. Um, the incumbent Lisa Blunt uh, from Rochester, she beat Lee Murphy uh, by a point. Literally, it was one point. I, I I don't see how that's possible, but it was one fucking point. Um, and it's going to be another big race. Uh, this is going to be ridiculous coming out of there. Um, then the other the other big one is um, Maggie Hassan. She's uh, she holds the one Senate seat up in New Hampshire. She is, uh, she's in a tough re-election battle right now. She's running against 12 other Republicans that are running against her. So when they primary in New Hampshire on the 13th, that's going to be huge. If the, if New Hampshire flips folks, I can tell you right now, it will be a wave. It will be a red wave in the Senate and the house. And it was really funny. And the reason I bring this up is because I listened to Politico playbook in the morning. Now, not more than a week ago, I was listening first thing in the morning, and they normally had this uh, guy on there, but the last couple of weeks we've had this woman and she is horrible because she can't read. And it's really hysterical. She, she says everything wrong. It's all backwards. It's like, what the hell are you doing? You're probably younger than I am and you're reading this stuff and you're reading it back. What is wrong with you? Anyway, probably a vax injury. That's what I like to call it, vax injury. So she's sitting there reading this morning and she starts out with talking about how there's not, there's going to be a red wave in November. How come November, we're going to see a red wave in both the House and the Senate. They're going to lose both. This is what Politico is calling now. This isn't me. This isn't, oh, some Republican. No, Politico playbook, the Democratic playbook for all of, you know, of everything in the U.S. That's what the Democrats do. That's what they said this morning. I, I was in stun. I just sat there driving along going, you have got to be effing kidding me right now. They are calling for a red wave now. Now they're even saying we are going to lose it. This was obviously after Joe Biden's very div divisive speech where he laid out that 75 million of us are, you know, just pieces of shit, you know, terrorists. But I was shocked. Could not believe I heard that coming out of their mouth.
Then I went and listened. I had, uh, there's another podcast I listened to. This guy's a genius. He's been doing this political crap for a hot minute. I started listening to him when I was in college, when I actually started taking political science because it was like, I had to do papers. I'd listen to this guy and he just basically tell me all the answers I needed to hear. And, uh, this guy was amazing. So I, I, I've always followed him. He's a liberal though. So I've always been wary about what he says, but when it comes down to the actual political science behind it, he's actually very smart. So I was listening to him and he's a good um, counterbalance in an echo chamber. So when you're listening to everybody else talk, this is the one dude who kind of looks at it from both sides of the table and says, hey, well, this is what the Republicans are thinking. And this is what the liberals are thinking. So I got to say that the independents and everybody that's stuck in between, this is what they're thinking. And he actually applies common sense to it. But anyway, long story short, he's, he was on a podcast uh, yesterday and he said that uh, one thing he brought up, he's just like, you know, I expect a red wave. He said, but I don't expect a red wave the way we're thinking a red wave. Because the first, first person I ever heard bring this up was there was a chance that we could get a super majority in both. And there is. Uh, the numbers don't fit, but there is, there's a very slim chance. I mean, we've like less than, I don't know, probably 13%, 13% of a chance to actually, uh, get the super majority in both the house and the Senate. And, uh, basically if that happened, if we won the house and the Senate super majority, all right, uh, that basically means we don't need a Democrat to vote. Everything will re be Republican. It doesn't matter how the party line splits. As long as the party stays together everything will pass. Um, and that's basically what the Democrats had uh, first two years of Obama's presidency, and they did absolutely nothing with it. And it's the same thing we're at right here with Biden, with the Biden presidency. They have done absolutely nothing since they've been in office. Name me one thing they've done. I've asked people to name me that. They can't tell me. Um, he went out today and he tried to say, well, we have the best, we have the best budget plan out there. No, 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 no. No, no, you sure don't. You sure don't. Craziness. I was like, no, that's not true at all. But they've been trying to sell it. They keep pushing it out there. Remember, if you tell a lie long enough, it eventually becomes truth, according to the liberals. That's what their playbook says. So just letting you know, because you're about to watch it again, because uh, old dirty mop head here, she loves to lie. I'm not going to talk about political action or what is happening in the midterms. I, I, I'm just, that is, I'm not going to talk anything that's related to the midterms or politics as well. I cannot, uh, standing where I am and also in the role that I have. So I'm. Wow. Look at her. She's trying to be so professional. She's like, see, not where I'm standing, where I am right now. I cannot talk about the midterms. Oh, now we're playing by the rules. So before when you were lying about what, how, if you knew Donald Trump's house was being raided before that didn't count because we can now prove that the white house was aware that Donald Trump's house was being raided. You all are aware of that, right? I mean, that is a provable thing. Now we have where she, where dirty mop head came out and said, well, uh, you know, we didn't know the president didn't know that Donald Trump's house was being a search warrant was being served on the Mar-a-Lago estate of Donald. Bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. Take that. Take that. Sorry. ass shit. Go down the road. Tell me that you didn't know. You didn't know that a former president's house was being searched. Get. It's only They're only professional when they suit you. That's or them. That's absolutely correct. I don't know who said that up there in the chat. I'm trying to. 
Yeah, just remember to not put your dick in the toaster. You're absolutely right. Don't do that. That's bad. I've heard people do that before. I don't know why. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? Because Vlin is not here. I'm going to turn this back on. Because I can't read those comments at regular. There we go. I can't read the freaking comments over there. Anyway, first two times longevity. Wow. Okay. Weird. Why are you sticking your penises in toasters? I'm just wondering. Fighting, but it's, this is the a battle that makes no mistakes. Well, they do. They do and they don't. I mean, sometimes I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't know. There's mistakes made on this battle. <sighs> what in each uh, you guys are wow, that's a conversation right there. Ooh. Is that is that DP? Is that considered DP? I'm just wondering. I know we're not supposed to talk about that, but I'm trying to not get Josh kicked off of pilled. <laughs> Vader. All right, yeah, I'm nuts. Anyway, back to Dirty Mop Head, because she's got more. If we're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen. What about the 2016 election? Look, I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today. Uh so all we got to say, folks, when we win everything back and we have our own press secretary up there, well, what about 2022? Well, we can say, well, I'm not going to worry about 2022 because it's 2024 right now, and that was 2022. Time continues to move forward, as Kamala Harris said, over and over again. Time. Time's the one constant about time. What? Absolutely retarded. She gets worse, though, because don't worry, because Peter follows that question up with another question that's a doozy. Because he's not, he's not scared, but Fox News is scared of, of George Soros, I guess. That's what I heard. So, interesting. The new attention on oh, the shit, MAGA Republic. Hold on. No video. I forgot. That didn't flip over. Why didn't that flip over? Weird. Odd. Oh, because I have you up and that's why. Pop. There we go. You tweeted in 2016 oh, Trump stole yeah. an election. You I tweeted, was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, okay, here we go. <laughs> you tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results yeah. is extreme now. Yeah. So let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have been I have been well. You're asking me you're asking me a question. Let me answer it. And you said it's ridiculous. I was I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. What the you have every time I hear that clip. I, I want to punch her in the fucking side of her head. I want to be like, wait, what is the difference? I'm confused. What are you talking about? Because you were talking about it in 2016, so now it doesn't matter? How how can you even... I, I can't... That... Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber 
for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Yes, I, I, that is just the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I've ever heard. She said, "Well, I, I mean, it was so different because I was talking about voting rights. No, you were talking. You tweeted out that two people stole an election." What is the difference between tweeting that out in 2016 and tweeting that out in 2020? Because we all know the deal. They stole the election. They've told us they stole the election. Christ, Biden's come out. He's just like, I want to make sure that never another election is stolen again. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me the first, the last, so the last one was stolen then is what you're admitting to. I mean, it's kind of a roundabout way, but the last election then was stolen. Hmm. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm looking for actually something else that I just thought about. Because I played this earlier too. And... Something really interesting came across today that I saw on, if you don't watch Leanna, she's on her in the morning. No, she's in the chat. I think she's over here somewhere. She's on in the morning about nine Oh five. Normally she played this this morning and this was uh, back in, I apologize. Cause I think I said this morning that this was the original, which it's not. Uh, this is the second one that happened, but apparently Harris Faulkner is making on old Fox news there. She's making some money from old George Soros and um, Newt Gingrich was on there the other day um, in the daytime and old Harris Faulkner uh, shut her, shut him down. He brought up George Soros again and she shut him down again for a second time. He was about to link all the BLM shit and everything else back to George Soros again. And she said, well, we don't have to bring up George Soros here and shut him down and clipped away and went to another story. So I had the video and I think I already closed it because I wasn't a clip that I downloaded tonight because I had to find it last minute. It took me a hot minute to find it. But when I finally did, it was... I think it was the old one though. It wasn't the newest one, but the newest one was pretty badass. I watched the newest one the other morning and I was like, Whoa, no way. He did not just get shut down by Harris Faulkner. And sure enough he did. And I was like, Holy shit. And it, he was like, oh, I guess I still can't talk about it. Huh? And fucking walked off stage. Talk about Newt Gingrich being pesky old bitch. He's just like, well, I guess I still can't talk about it. Huh? And he turned around and he fucking threw his ear mic down and you see him getting off camera. I was like, Whoa, a little bit of spice there between old Newton there. Harris Faulkner. I guess Harris Faulkner got a, a paycheck from old George Soros. Just throwing that out there. Uh, so again, another reason why we can't trust Fox news. We can't trust shit anymore. Folks, if you trust something, I've trusted less farts in Mexico City after drinking the water than I do right now. I mean, swear to God, I don't trust shit. The freaking Amazon guy came by today, drop off a package. He wasn't wearing an Amazon t-shirt. I stopped him in the driveway with my handgun and said, hey, what are you doing? He said, I'm just dropping off packages. I'm like, for who? And he goes, oh, Amazon. I was like, wait, you work for Amazon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go on. Get out of here. But I mean, you can't trust, you gotta, you can't trust anything anymore. I, I've, I, fuck, this, this is getting ridiculous. And Fox News is getting worse too. They just continue to get worse. And I am not joking about that.
So if anybody's on a Fox News kick out there, you might want to back off because they're Republicans. You know, my wife said it best, and we both agree on this one. Republicans, Democrats, they're the same. They're the same. They're two different wings of the same bird. That's it. You got a left wing, you got a right wing, but they're the same bird. It's the same uterus. It's the same asshole. It's the same mouth. It's the same ears and eyes that are working and they're all doing the same thing. All at different points, they're playing their part in the game. Do I believe that Donald Trump is the answer to all your problems? No, but I do believe that liberals are most assuredly the cause of all of your problems. I will put money on that. I will put money on that every day of the week and twice on Sunday because I'll tell you that what right now they are. Look at the shit they're doing. Look at schools today. Oh, man, I can't wait to get to school. You guys are going to love schools because that was another one today that I was just like, wow, is this more sexual indoctrination training that they're putting on our kids? Like they just started uh, – like I just heard about this in Washington, D.C. They just came out with it. Some parent in Virginia – got pissed off because she lives in Virginia. Instead of sending her kids to Virginia schools, she sends her kids to the Washington DC schools because it's closer. And I thought you couldn't do that, but then I know that the rules are different everywhere. So I, I don't know. I thought like, I know down in Georgia, you can't do that where I live. We live in Georgia. You can't do that. Uh, I know there's ways around it. You know, you put a different address on your uh, crazy Chuck with a K. Try to hear still sorry to hear about your cat, sir, but good to see you. Um, but, you know, you get that crazy crap out there, whatever. But now this this lady, she sent her kid to school. And now I guess, uh, well, you just heard what the mayor down, down there just said. Oh, well, you can't, your kid's not allowed to come back to school after January. Like, I think it's January 3rd, um, the first day back to school after the winter break, if they're not vaccinated. Oh, and by the way, no, there's no at-home schooling. So you're screwed, which apparently this parent was fine with. Okay. And got her kid vaccinated and everything else. And then uh, apparently this child went to school and the kid came home and mom was like, so how was school? How was your first day of school? Oh, it was great. Great, great, great. Okay. Well, what happened? Oh, well, my teacher, he's white. And the mom lost it. She went all Karen on the school. Why does my child have a white teacher? And a good friend of ours, I just told the story tonight too. A good friend of ours that my wife was talking to this weekend. She's an educator. She was talking about teaching Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, and she's a high school teacher, so she's teaching them Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer. And she was talking about how she has to teach it from an edited and abridged version of the book. Well, I went and got – I went today, and now I own – well, I, I've read all the Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer. You know, We all had to in school, and I remember reading the original one, and uh, – a lot of N-words dropped in there, all sorts of other things. And it was, I thought that they just edited, you know, the words, right? Well, I went and read this book. And then the first page, if you remember in Huck Finn, in, first, in the first page, it talks about this gangly, white, freckled, red-haired, skinny, white kid, about five foot ten, that was walking through the woods carrying, he had his stick with his handkerchief and his sack on the end of the stick. And he was walking through the woods and then he was walking to his buddy Tom Sawyer's house to help him whitewash a fence. And uh, no, in the new book, now he's black. Um, everybody in the book's black. The only white person that's in the book is the 
Butler that chased him down the hill where uh, Tom Sawyer fell and cut his arm right before they went to see Mary or Susan or Susie or whatever her name was. And he cut his arm real bad and he had it wrapped up and they asked him about his arm and he's just like, yeah, I was running. And they didn't tell him that he was running from somebody. Anyway, that one was, I was like, wait a minute. This is a complete change of what history is. This is the book's not even right. Conceptually, the book's not even right per time because the time period said something completely different. And I was just sitting there going, holy, this is what we've, this is where we've descended to. This is the madness we live in now. They're going to change a book written over a hundred years ago about a situation that took place in this country that we don't even want to believe ever really took place. I, I, I'm beginning to believe I've lost my mind. I, I, I don't know if I can deal with that. Clay was on last night for about 20 minutes. Okay, Vader. Context out. Yeah, well, I thought they left like all the bad words out. I thought they got rid of the N-word. I thought they took out of all of the graphic language for the time period. 1860s on up. I mean, that's what he was writing it in. And uh, yeah, no, they changed the whole book. Huck Finn is a black kid now. Tom Sawyer is a black kid now. I, I, I'm sitting here going, how is that even accurate? How does that even make any sense? I was carrying on my conversation and participating in yours, both about Clay. <laughs> I, I do too. I, I, I just, I thought it was odd when I read the book and I read the book a long time ago when I was a kid, but there is more, there is obviously more fish to fry. Oh, the other night. Okay. I was wondering what that was it. I think we do too, but I think that that, that is kind of the part of it though, because they're erasing our history. Think about it. Um, Phoenix bird, are they not erasing our history by changing words like that? Changing the, the outcome of a book, changing the characters in the book. Is that not history changing? Those who don't learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. How can we learn from something if it never happened in the first place? You know, it kind of shifts our idea of what realism is. Um, can you please talk? Yeah, I, I don't know if I can do that on this one, but we will in the future. That's, I wondered the same thing. Uh, you bring up, an, you brought up, a, that's a great question. Uh, Castle Drummer brought up, uh, doesn't changing a book and naming it the same as plagiarism. Did they change? They didn't change the name and they didn't change the original author. So would it count for plagiarism? Just wondering, asking for a friend, charging the erasing history battery. You're absolutely right. And that's exactly what they're doing. I think they're just erasing history. That's my point. And that's why I brought it up because I think it's important because it's now part of the cancel culture. Believe it or not, we used to be the cancel culture. My generation used to be cancel culture, man. I guess we're old fogies now. I guess that's just what they call us now. We're just old, but this was on the other morning, which I thought it was interesting. Uh, Trump team uh, to list a possible, a, a list of possible candidates. Cause you know, he got approved for his, uh, 
dude to hold on to all the paperwork and he's got to go through all the, uh, I'm trying to, the special handler. And uh, that now they've got to appoint him by Friday. And he got a list of possible candidates. And I don't know if, uh, I don't, I would like to see this list before he decides because I'd like to know what their chances are of getting somebody who's worth a crap. Just saying. Let's bring in Mark Smith, a former member of Trump's transition team and a constitutional attorney. Mark, good morning. It's great to see you. What is your take on the appointment of this special master and where do things go from here? Well, obviously, from a public relations point of view, this is a huge victory for President Trump because the Department of Justice said they do not want a special master appointed because it was not needed. And why wasn't it needed, according to the Department of Justice? It's because the Department of Justice could be trusted to, you know, filter through the relevant information. Anything that should not be turned over to the investigative team would be set aside. But here you have an independent federal judge saying, uh, I hear what you're saying, Department of Justice, but I'm not going to agree with you here. We need an independent third party that has no connection to the Department of Justice to make this determination. The other interesting thing, if you look at the court order, is apparently some of the documents that were supposed to have been filtered out already were exposed improperly to the investigative team. And the judge says, in light of that, I simply cannot trust the Department of Justice to do the job itself and we need an independent person in here so again uh it is a blow to the department of justice as to how long it will be a blow to the doj's and their investigation hard to say but for the moment it's a win for donald trump image and how so the special master uh if you're not aware a special master when it comes to classified documents this is not an odd thing it happens all the time actually when you need an independent third party to view something they've got to be cleared for it obviously they've got to have the clearance and the ability to look at it and the need to know and sometimes it can just be because they're being appointed as a special master. But this operation, normally, depending on the size and the scope and the number of documents, and the, because you got to remember the special master at the same time, on each one of those documents, um, normally at the bottom of the document, it'll have a subparagraph underneath all the classified information in between the two brackets, right? So down at the bottom somewhere, there'd be like another subparagraph. It will go into things called OCAs or original classifying authorities. And they will go through a certain number of dates and a lineage of time in which the OCA was created and who the OCA is. Well, you, there's a number there. It's not like it, they write it out, they type it in or do something cool like that or throw a phone number at it or a, a fucking email address either. No, there's a number. And in that number, then you have to get into a classified system type in the number and it brings up who that original classifying authority is. So for every single one of those documents, somebody has to make a phone call to the original classifi classifying authority and say, hey, is this information contained in this document on this date, blah, 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 on this time, still considered classified? And then whether the answer to that or not is yes or no, if it's no, they have to have a de uh, declassification authorization letter, which means somebody at some point printed, said that this is struck it from the record, basically took a red marker, lined through it and said no longer secret, so on and so forth. If that happened, then they have one of those records with it. And that record is then sent on to everybody else or, well, like at this point in time, if they say, no, it's not classified anymore, here's the declassification letter, they take the declass letter and Normally, that's from the highest per person appointed in that organization that said that that information is no longer classified. Now, with that, President Trump, on the other hand, 
he himself is a classifying authority in this country. He had the highest classifying authority position. And remember, you can't take it from the date today. You have to take it at the date and time in which this took place. So date and time in which this took place, well, we we circle back to January 20th, 2021, when President Trump left office, okay? If on that date he decided, yeah, oh, all that stuff that's in these boxes is now declassified. As long as he did it before 12 o'clock that afternoon, it's all good. It's all fucking unclassified. But the big part of what came out of this, this is the huge part. That's what a special master does. And they go through and it takes them months to get it done. So this isn't going to be a quick process, folks. For all the liberals out there that listen to this, by the way, I don't know how you do, but you're going to cry here tonight because guess what? This ain't this ain't going to be done by next month. This ain't going to be done before the midterms. Let's put it that way. This shit's going to carry on past the midterms. However, but the big thing the judge did, which I think is the the most biggest part, is this right here. And I love this part. This is so important. Long, the DOJ is complaining this will <laughs> delay this process. Mark, why are they in such a rush here when investigations like, oh, I don't know, say the Durham investigation are taking a very long time? I'm not really sure the Department of Justice is really in a rush at the end of the day, because keep in mind, President Trump has been out of office for over a year and a half, uh, which mean which is not exactly a, a fast time. And they've been talking about these documents for, again, just about 18 months. So what is the rush here? I'm not sure at the end of the day there really is a rush, but certainly that was their position in court in front of this federal judge. They wanted to move with speed because it's so important. But one does wonder, well, why did it take them 18 months if this is so important? It's not like these documents and the president was unknown. They've known about this. So yes, I think that might be a litigation position. But at the end of the day, one wonders, are they really moving with speed? Uh, it's not so clear. Yeah, we're sort of at the start of this saga right now. Let's jump to the end of it. How do you see all of this playing out? And ultimately, do you think the former president is going to face charges as it relates to these documents? I'm not sure he's actually going to be indicted. But remember, sometimes the lingering concern about being indicted or charged with a crime is a punishment in and of itself, because the mere fact that we're having this conversation today about whether or not President Trump is going to be charged with a crime demonstrates that in terms of a public relations political point of view, it's something that we're talking about, right? We're not talking about the midterm so much. We're talking about President Trump, who hasn't been president for almost, you know, upward going towards two years, right? And yet we're still talking about him. So how does this ultimately play out? There's the question of what will happen in the court system. I'm skeptical they will actually charge him. But in terms of the ongoing political ramifications of this, we're going to keep talking about this because it's a big deal because he's a former president of the United States and a potential future presidential candidate. So, of course, it's going to remain in the headlines. Yeah, Republicans during the midterms can't take the bait on this. They need to keep the messaging on the economy and on the border and the like. Mark, before we let you go, one word that jumped out at me. And there's another reason why we can't trust Fox News because the fucking shills like that, because did you just hear what he said? We can't take the bait on this. We've got to just go with the economy, the border, and everything else. We can't take the bait. Why not? He's a never-Trumper, folks. And just in case you were not aware, the guy in that fucking left seat there is a never-Trumper, just so you're all aware. Shell through and through. And all the reports yesterday from this judge, taxes. <laughs> Mention that Trump's yeah. tax.
boxes were taken. Could there be a connection between these so-called records case, which is what the DOJ is calling it, and <laughs> some of these tax investigations of Donald J. Trump that are going on throughout the country? Well, you know, at the very beginning of this country, our founding fathers, when they wrote the Constitution, were very concerned with what were known as general warrants, which basically was when the British soldiers would just go into a person's home randomly and go through all aspects of it, looking for evidence of an unspecified crime. And that's why we have the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution today. And yet here we have a situation, if you look at the warrant request, they basically said, if you see anything relating to the four years that President Trump was the president in any respect, then you should take that. And that is apparently what happened down at Mar-a-Lago. That is not consistent, in my view, with the Fourth Amendment. That seems to be a general warrant of the exact sort of thing our founding fathers were worried about when they wrote the Constitution to try to limit government power and protect individual liberties. Now, with that, this guy... He missed the biggest part of this case, obviously, because they didn't say it. But understand that the judge came down Monday and said that, no, you, you all criminal proceedings must stop. While, while the special master is reviewing all of the documents, all of the criminal proceedings have to stop. Understand, this is a six-month thing we're talking about, folks. This special master, it's going to take a hot minute. Because I'm sorry, you just can't get everybody on the phone at the same time and just ask about information because certain agencies can't get other information that you have. So this is going to take some time to get done. No shit. They have to call all these people. It's going to take it's going to take about I wouldn't be surprised if it takes longer. I've seen them in the military go a little bit longer only because you had to reach out to other agencies that didn't necessarily want to work with you, i.e. the CIA or something else. Uh, they didn't necessarily want to play ball, but and you had to go through so many different levels of security just to get to the one person you wanted to talk about about the document that may or may not have been disclosed to somebody or may or may not have been disclosed to a foreign power, blah, 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 whatever, doesn't matter. The point is, is that these take time. And the judge said, yeah, you can't do anything while this is going on. The special master is approved and you can't do anything. Now, why is the FBI so worried about the special master? What is the biggest part of this special master that we're going to find out? We're going to find out, folks, that I'm, I'm betting, I'm, I'm betting that we're going to find out that there wasn't a whole lot of classified documents in there to begin with. That is what I'm betting. I'm betting we're going to find out that the FBI predicated this on nothing, on cover sheets. Let me tell you something. There's nothing illegal with you a civilian, a general person who has nothing to do with the military, does not have a, have a security clearance or anything, and you had a classified cover sheet. You, you don't get in trouble for cover sheets. If, if Trump had a box full of cover sheets, Trump would get in trouble for that. They're cover sheets. They're not an actual document. There's no information in them. All they took a picture of back there when we were watching that video, if you saw it, right about, hold on, let me get back to it so you guys can see it. Right here. Hold on. Oh, shit. I passed right by it. Fuck. It was right on it. Man, I got so lucky. I, I clicked right to it, and then I was so not expecting to click to it, I was pissed. And it moved. Bastard. I get it. Hold on. Give me one second. It's right around here. I, I know I just saw it. 
Anyway, if you go look at the picture that they have of the documents that they quote unquote found in Mar-a-Lago, which were splayed out very interesting, they they said they claim that that's how they found them. I don't believe that for the slightest. I think that's all bullshit too. But if you look at this real quick, right there, all of those documents on top of that on top of that screen right there, those are all cover sheets, folks. Red and white SCI, top secret SCI. Uh, all of that shit, that, those are just document headers. Now, these are blank pieces of paper. They white it out. It, apparently, those are real documents. However, those don't have cover sheets on them. And I can tell you right now, having been in the military, having been in different organizations where I dealt with uh, everything from Yankee white clearance all the way down to just regular old secret information, if you are transporting documents around, every document that you carry, if it's one document, let's say the document's two pages long, right? You have a cover sheet on the front. You have a cover sheet on the back. The whole co the whole document is covered with them. And the one on the back is turned to the reds on the outside. So every time you move that piece of paper around, you can see secret SCI. Or you would see yellow and white top secret SCI. Which means you shouldn't have that outside of – that shouldn't be outside of a safe or outside of a secure facility. And it should be opened and only viewed in those facilities. But – there, I only see, I don't know about you guys, but I see a lot of headers. I see it very, very interesting how they laid this out. I kind of giggled when I saw this. I was like, wow, that's Uber game. I, eh, what do you want? Other than the Time Magazine photo, which I know you guys probably, jo Josh probably spent two hours in, but lots of classified receipts, <laughs> recipes. <laughs> What was in Melania's drawer? What was in, I wondered, did they find the spank bank that freaking uh, Baron holds on to in his, in his room with a great big bottle of Vaseline right next to his bed? I mean, really, is that what they found? Is that what they were looking for? What were they looking for in Melania's panty drawer? Are, are there a bunch of FBI agents running around with panties on now? I'm just wondering, asking for a friend. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there is. I mean, who knows in this whole new trans culture and everything else. It's crazy. I hear the camera is still on at Mar-a-Lago. Mar wouldn't that be awesome? I, I wish, you, why hasn't, so this goes back to my original argument about Trump. You know, I, I don't believe Donald Trump's the answer. I don't. I, I think he's a good president. Don't get me wrong. I believe in him. I think he would do a good job as president again. However, I also believe Donald Trump is playing his position, his role in this, whatever we're living through right now, whatever you want to call it, this crazy fucked up upside down clown world that we live in right now. I believe Donald Trump is playing his role. Now, don't get me wrong. In 2024, am I going to vote for Trump? You're damn right I am. Am I going to stand behind Trump? You're damn right I am. However, I'm also going to hold Trump's feet to the fire. Because, you know, his speech the other day, he came out and gave his little speech and he had hundreds of thousands of more people at his rally than Biden is even almost got, you know, mustered up there in Pennsylvania. And he's done like what, three rallies now in Pennsylvania, and he still hasn't come close to Trump's one rally and the number of people he's had at the rally. But Trump still, he came out that night and I don't know about you guys because I didn't get to see it live on Saturday night. 
Uh, unfortunately, my it, we, or, uh, we had internet issues, all sorts of other problems. I didn't get a chance to watch the rally. So when I finally got to watch a rally um, last night, I, I watched the whole thing start to finish. And I got to tell you, Trump, it seemed flat to me. I, I don't know about you guys, but it, it seemed really flat. It seemed almost as if he was choosing his words too carefully. I don't know. You all tell me if I'm high, but if the FBI came in and raided your home and they went through all your stuff, they went through your wife's panty drawer, they went through your kid's bedroom, wouldn't you be a little bit more upset? I'm just wondering, wouldn't you just be a little bit more angry, especially if you like went out and you were the president of the United States and like you were rich beforehand. You didn't take your salary while you were in office. Everybody knew this. And the FBI decided to treat you that way by just go raiding your house. Don't you think he would be a little bit more angry? Yeah, I, I I think so, Patriot. Patriot Bird. I I I watched the same. He didn't seem all that angry to me. He did not seem like uh, when when Hillary started to come after Trump in 2016. If you remember the run up to 2016, Hillary at first kind of ignored Trump. And then towards halfway through the mid-season of the election cycle. Hillary all of a sudden just came out blasting Trump, just one after another. And I remember the first weekend that she came out, she was on all the Sunday morning talk shows and she went after Trump left, right and center on all these different issues that he was calling her out on. And Trump, like the next day came out and he's just like, God, it's great to have an opponent who can actually speak. And then, and then he went in and he tore her apart limb from limb for everything that she brought up. And he was angry. He was pissed. It was kind of the same way he was with uh, what's her name from Fox News that like, oh, I can't believe you did that. And she was all pissed off. Uh, what's her name? Kelly, um, Martha, whatever, Gretchen Kelly, whatever. The one that left, Megan Kelly. Sorry, Megan Kelly. It was like her. Um, it was kind of like that type of scenario where they were like real angry, just trading shots right on the TV. And I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. But that was the t- first time I'd ever seen Trump really fired up where he was just like, no, I've got you now because you lied about this. You lied about this. You lied about this. You lied about this. He just didn't seem to have the same fire like that at the rally the other day. I mean, the whole speech was, but you think he would have put a little bit more into that one part about them raiding his home where he could have brought all of like the whole Republican MAGA party together in one fell swoop just by being angry about it. See, they raided my home, not your home, my home. And that's all he had to say. Righteous anger, righteous anger about the situation. Not hate towards the organization, righteous anger. And I don't know why he didn't do that. It just seemed like it was, I don't know, it it, it just felt weird. Did not seem like normal. It seemed like he was being held back. Like somebody was telling him, hey, whoa, whoa. Like almost like, and I said this to my wife the other night. I said this to Vila the other night. I swear to God, I looked at her and I said, 
it's almost like somebody saying, whoa, remember what happened on January 6th? And I was like, I, I, it just, it felt like somebody was speaking into Trump's little earbud and he said, remember what happened on January 6th? Tamp it down. Remember what happened on January 6th? And I, I was just like, man, it feels that way. It feels like somebody's holding them back because from everything I've heard, Trump wanted to walk down to the Capitol with us from the secret service agents. They were planning routes right up to the last minute there. And it was one of the top aides that said, no, we're not going. I, I heard that he, Trump was fired up. He's like, I want to walk down there with him. And I, I, I love the fact that, you know, we have a president like that, but why wasn't he fired up like that the other night in Pennsylvania? Why, why didn't he say, I want to walk down to the Capitol with him? You know, Trump might be playing his role. If Trump's not playing his role and, and Trump is who we think Trump is, I hope Trump surrounds himself with better people now. I really do. He was calm. He was calculated. I, I'm, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I question everybody, to include Trump. Because, again, I'm not 100% on Trump. I'm not 100% sold that Trump's going to be what we need for this republic. However, I do believe that Trump is way better than Joe Biden. I mean, I think we all believe, agree on that. But he was calculated. He was precise. He knew exactly who he was talking to. But it felt like he was pulling punches when it came to the raid in Mar-a-Lago. Had he used righteous anger during the rally, I think it would have, I think it would have united a lot more people. He just seemed like somebody was pulling him back. That's all it seemed like. That's all I'm saying. But I'm going to tell you right now, Biden knows that too. Why? Because something he said. Trump said that he declassified all these documents. Could he have just declassified them all? Well, I just want to know I've declassified everything in the world. I'm president. I can do it all. Come on. Declassified everything. I'm not going to comment on it because I don't know the detail. I don't even want to know. I'll let the Justice Department take care of it. Okay. No, no, no. You literally can do that. You are the highest classification authority in this country. You literally can declassify everything. What's the problem? Don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, you're going to make me take this down. I can't see the fucking. Hello, my love. I, I can't see the <laughs> chat. So you're going to make me take this down. I am. You suck so bad. I know. It's okay. Hold on, folks. I've got to figure out. I was out. listening to you while I was in the car. No good. I apologize. I was late, y'all. I had to go pick up our son. Yeah, there's normally two of us when we do this. Yes, we do normally do the two of us. I help keep them in line. You did a great job, though. I stayed on point for the most part. Got to know a couple stories. Except uh, randomly asking, answering questions that you didn't uh, well, no, say and in I, the first place. <laughs> you got better, though. <laughs> I remember that. Shush your mouth. Uh, Hush your mouth. It's okay. Hush your mouth. I got to fix the video real quick. There we go. There we go. All righty. Hi, Chuck. Yeah, so Biden, come on, man. 
He get, I just declassified. I just, just declassified everything just, in the whole wide world. Excellent. Okay, thank you. That means Fantastic. all the classified documents everything that Trump had is no longer is classified, so it doesn't matter. It's exactly. Declassified. He said it. He, said he just it. said it. Yeah. And he does have that authority. From he does absolutely. He sure yeah. Presidential authority trumps everything. But it's, but honestly, someone right now should be like frantically going through every classified document and and marking them out with that red marker. Yeah. No, no, go to the Trump one. Why are you dictating what's going on? Because right now? one comes right after the other. Because I set up the show, even though I wasn't here. No, you're not allowed to dictate, Dick. Sure, I am. <laughs> How am I dictate? Hmm, because uh, I found this video. Oh, this is interesting, huh? It really is. Why is this that? was just before Trump left office. Be very transparent. So, as you know, I declassified everything, everything they want. I put it under the auspices of the attorney general. He's going to be in charge of it. He's a uh, great gentleman and a highly respected man. So everything that they need is declassified. And they'll be able to see how this uh, hoax, how the hoax or witch hunt started and why it started. Uh, it was a an attempted coup or an attempted takedown of the president of the United States. It should never, ever happen to anybody else. So it's very important. Now, people have been asking me to declassify for a long period of time. I've decided to do it, and you're going to learn a lot. I hope it's going to be nice, but perhaps it won't be. Well, well if he declassified it, he, he doesn't say what documents. Well, he, he did. Remember, they've got to play the document game. they got to contact the original classifying authorities yeah. and find but out if it ever been declassified referring to everything regarding the russia hoax yeah etc gotcha. etc um so if that's the paperwork that they were after then well i, well, I, I think there is they've already been declassified I, I, even though that guy is a never trumper there early in the morning on fox news yep. i've known that for a hot minute yep. he is a never trumper but even though he is i give him this because he brought up a good point what if this is all about the tax effects all the tax investigations that are going on into Absolutely. Trump, into not only Trump incorporated, but Trump. I mean, they're going both sides. Into yeah, it, which personal taxes and as corporate. I've never seen the IRS do that before. Normally the IRS can't spend that many agents, but it's funny how the IRS is like, no, oh, they we'll have 87,000 new ones. We're going to put, well, no, they don't have. I mean, no, 000. not yet, but. But I, I think it's interesting. I, I. Trump is still our answer, I think, for now, because we don't have anybody else. Who else do we have that run against Trump? Nobody. No. Who else do we have to control this party? Nobody. Who will do it? Trump. Do I think there's other people, up and comers, that might be in the wings? Yeah, but I, I don't know if they're. I, I don't know if they're like Trump. Trump's the one person who can't be bought. DeSantis tries really hard to be like Trump. He gets, you know, Trump's got the money. He can't be bought. He's not going to be bought. He's already he's already been rich. He's already lived that lifestyle. Yeah. He was doing something different by being president. I, I don't believe Trump can be bought. So that eliminates that chance. So my question is, though, the next guy, who's the next person? And what happens when that person gets bought and sold to the Chinese or to another government and to another fucking facility? I, I I, I got issues. I got issues. I think that all this is all in the works. This has all been played out. Remember, folks, I also I also believe that, you know, the Q stuff hasn't even started yet. We haven't even seen the Q post happen yet. That still ha we haven't gotten into number one yet. 
Number one is not hit yet. We haven't hit number one. When we hit number one. When either Hillary or Trump get charged are arrested. Yeah. Because I, uh, I completely agree with Josh that I think the names and I actually figured that out before, but whatever. It's that's immaterial. Doesn't matter. It's it doesn't. The point is, is I agree with him. I think he's right on with it. I think that's exactly what it is. I think the names can be interchanged. We just got to figure out what timeline we're in. We have no idea what timeline we're in right now because yeah. they turned CERN on. And I things have gotten crazier since CERN has been on. It, they really have. Oh, and they haven't shut it down yet. They don't shut it down till next month. It's still running. But more and more stuff starting to come out. Actually, uh, tomorrow, My Son Hunter, the movie Premieres. that Breitbart put out is being released. By the way, right here on Pilled, you can watch no, it on Liana's it, it, channel. Liana's channel, she's broadcasting it simultaneously with um, – I'm trying to remember who the other girl is that you talked about this morning, Liana. Tell me uh, – just throw it in the chat she, real I thought quick. we couldn't play movies on, on – She's doing it so. with uh, somebody else uh, tomorrow. So. Okay. Well, hey, if she's she, – I mean, if she's doing it, then I, mean, I guess we can – we were going to do it on Saturday as a special thing, a special viewing. Yeah, we are. We're going to do it on, on Saturday as a special viewing, but we're going to yeah. do it on the uh, just Twitch and uh, – D live and canvas and combat and the Roku. Yeah. And that's it. Um, because we were trying to keep it off of this because I didn't think we were supposed to do movies on this. I don't know. I know Leanna's yeah. doing it tomorrow. If, I mean, if Leanna doesn't get in trouble, then I'll I'll talk to Josh and and see if we can uh do it on here too. I'll see how he how he feels about it. It's I, Josh, how long it's Josh's is it? channel, so I I would imagine it's probably two hours standard movie. That's what I that's the way I was thinking too. Yeah. I don't know. Um but Liana will have it on tomorrow night. She will be airing it. So I, I don't think they're recording it. Classical Chick. Yes. Classical Chick. That's who Liana's doing it with. So if you want to watch it tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m., um, yeah, you can leave our show. We might just come over and watch. We might just. Or, I mean, we can play it at the, we can do it at the same time. Yeah, we can throw it over on our channel, too. I, I don't know. We'll figure it we'll out. We'll see what news comes out tomorrow if we go do, if we do the news and, and. Then do that. And I don't know. Play the yeah. show on. We'll see. But uh, tomorrow night, 6.30, Liana's doing it with Classical Chick. It will be on her channel. That is Liana Wilbert on Foxhole or Pilled. You, I listen to her there every morning. So Yep. So some more coming out about old Hunter and the laptop that just keeps on giving. Yeah, that good old laptop from hell. Well, new concerns about potential conflicts of interest in the federal investigation into Hunter Biden's business dealings. We're now learning a top official at the Justice Department was a law partner with Hunter's attorney. John Levine is a New York Post reporter. You, it's like there's one you pull on one thread and you find something That's else. Drip, What's this drip. about? Well, you know, here's the sort of the timeline. Uh, December 2020, Hunter Biden retains the legal services of Chris Clark. Chris Clark is a partner at Latham and Watkins, Latham and Watkins. They're just down the street from us here in New York. Big Democratic law firm. A month later, Joe Biden is inaugurated president of the United States on day one. Nicholas McQuaid, another law partner at that same firm, is uh, appointed to be head of the criminal division at the Justice Department. Okay, so that gives him potentially very, very sweeping authority or powers over any potential Hunter investigation. We don't totally know. And this is a very big law firm. There's a lot of partners. Maybe they, you know, didn't know each other. For example, you know, Liz Cheney's husband also is a partner at this law firm. But we know that Clark and McQuaid served on multiple cases together as co-counsel. Uh, in, in 2020, in 2019, right before they sort of went their different career paths. So the question becomes, is there any 
Mm-hmm. Is there anything going on here? Yeah, and how are you going to prove that? How are you going to get to that? But we know that you know a lot of these people in Washington they swim in the same waters. Right, right. So it, I mean, maybe there's something here, or maybe it's just we don't know. Maybe it's just the way Washington works, and all this could be coincidence. It could all. The problem is we just don't know. And you're right. Maybe this is one of those. That's how Washington works. But it's very. It was a very happy coincidence that mm. the the two co law partners and one on day one. I will remind yeah. you of Joe Biden's presidency is appointed to this senior position, which potentially would have uh, jurisdiction over the Hunter investigation. It's potentially. So, that's so interesting. The other thing is no. that there was the FBI agent that resigned last week. I want to get a little bit more on this because New York Post covered today or from yesterday, sorry, is Hunter Hyden. And then Miranda Devine wrote about Bobolinsky. Of course, we remember him. He said he gave the FBI the contents of three cell phones containing encrypted messages between Hunter and his business partners, along with emails and financial documents detailing the Biden family's corrupt influence peddling operation in foreign countries during Joe's vice presidency. But his evidence appears to have fallen in the same black hole at the FBI as Hunter's laptop, never to be seen again. So this senior FBI agent, Tebow, he has left. He has resigned. Do you know if there is a preservation order on his phone or his laptop? That's a very good question. And, you know, I, I, the truth is I don't know. And that's it's certainly something which if there was going to be a sweeping investigation into Hunter Biden, that would need to be part of it. You know, because you wouldn't want a situation where you have almost a Hillary email situation where 33,000 emails just get deleted. And it's like, well, these were normal. These were mm-hmm. just in the course of doing business. So. Or it's, that they destroy the phone or they say they repurpose the phone right. and then the, the information is just You not wouldn't there. want to lose data under the argument of this is just the course of doing business. So mm-hmm. it's important to get those kinds of preservation orders out now. If the Republicans took the House in November and they started committee hearings, let's say, in January of next year, do you know where someone like, well, Chuck Grassley on the Senate side, but where, say, a Jim Jordan would start on a Hunter Biden investigation? That's a fabulous question. I mean, there's so many avenues, aren't there? I mean, there's obviously the, the places like the Justice Department with McQuaid, but there's also key players on the laptop itself. I would say people like Eric Schwerin. All right. This guy I've already got a problem with because he's, he's a fucking lawyer, right? He's a reporter. No, I thought he was a lawyer. No, John Levine. Oh, New York Post yeah, reporter. He's a reporter. Yeah, but he's covered crime before. He, he's sitting there saying, oh, like there's no place that you could go to that you're going to hear about hunters. See, I, I I think they're trying to deliberately corrupt a jury right now by doing all these stories. I think they're deliberately trying to corrupt a jury. Think about all the information that's out there about Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh yeah. I mean, more porn unsolicited, comes out every day. Unsolicited copies everywhere. They're trying to corrupt the jury right now. Have you ever heard about the Hunter Biden laptop? Who hasn't? Uh, some hardcore liberals that, but I mean, who honestly has it? N- I'm, no one, no one. I mean, it's, it's held up our mainstream media now for almost two months, believe it or not, after they finally admitted that it, it actually exists and, and it's it real. Wasn't Rus- Russian, and it wasn't Russian, Russian disinformation. disinformation. Yes. So everybody's heard about this. So now they're trying to blow this up. Even Fox news is in on it. They're trying to corrupt a jury because bullshit. You know, every investigator knows you go after the charges that will stick him in jail. Once you know you can get him on those charges, that's it. Because everything else comes out. 
And yet I've heard there's stuff in the laptop that we haven't seen. No, there's porn that we haven't there's seen. Lots there's of stuff so much kitty porn in that thing. And it's disgusting. That's what they need to go after him for. Exactly. Because that is chargeable right there on the spot. Yes. Because yes. they have dates and times in which those videos were recorded, which they can pinpoint in place, a place, date, and time in which the video was recorded. And when you have a date and time and you know the child's age now and you know the child's age back then, you know exactly how old they were. Yeah. You start there. You start with what you know is most convictable. Trust me. I was a cop, folks. That's what you go after. We don't just pull shit out of our asses and say, oh, we're going to charge you with this today. No. We know we go after what we know is going to land you in jail. After that, everything else will come because once you know you're going to jail, your mouth is just going to start running. Oh yeah. You're going to try and make any deal that you can. You're going to make whatever deal you can to make it better for yourself in the long run. You will sell out your mother for it. Trust me. I've watched the best, the I most heartless sons of bitches come out and say, yeah, yeah, my mom was a part of it too. You know, and Patriot Bird, I bet you're right. He won't ever be in front of a jury. He'll take a plea deal because they don't want him in front of a jury. Oh, he's not going to take a plea deal. No, 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 no. No, are you high? I mean, yeah, but. He is not taking a plea deal. Hunter's going to die before anything is done. Hunter will never, ever see the inside of a courtroom or stand in front of a court reporter at all. He will die before that. You think? Hillary... Killer, he'll get with the amount of shit that he's got. I mean, we have been talking about the fact that he left not just one laptop, three, not just two laptops, three laptops in different locations and two external hard drives in different locations. Like you don't do that unless you want them to be found, unless you want to be found out. And then Ashley leaving her diary. Okay. I'm sorry. That shit wasn't stolen. She no. left it behind in an apartment that she rented. And then the people that moved in found it. Holy shit. This just hit me. So think about this. They both wanted their dad to go down because of the horrible things that he did to them when they were kids. No, nope. I don't care if it's sub subconscious or not. What? Nope. 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 Okay. What, what's your, your, you had just a whole. Ah. So how, what are the three ways in court when charged with a criminal case? What are the three ways that it can end? Uh, guilty, mm -hmm. not guilty, or no, no low contender. No contest. No yeah. contest. Okay. Yeah. So what if the whole idea is to get it to end out and no low contender? No contest? Correct. So that he doesn't have to say anything and he just takes whatever's exactly. given to him. Exactly. Because no, because no contest means that the jury can't come to a decision. They're, they're a hung jury. No, no, no. That's different from no. If the, 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 okay. So the four ways. So then it's yeah, four cause, ways. Cause, cause it, it can go hung jury yep. it can go nola contende, and then it can go yeah, not guilty or guilty. guilty or innocent. Yeah. So if it comes out to where they hang the jury, he can't be charged again unless the judge allows it, which I guarantee gets a liberal judge, which I guarantee because the only way they would go to a hung jury is through a liberal judge. So he gets a liberal judge. And everything just pans out and he never serves a day in jail and that's it. Um, are you sure it was Hunter that was the one to leave the laptops? Yes, yes he Most is. Definitely. He, they have affidavits from all three locations that said that he left the laptops. Yeah. One of them, he left a laptop and, and a hard drive. And his, At another location, he left a laptop and a hard drive. And the last and final location, he just left the laptop. And he and, signed his name on a piece of paper for on it. On all three like of he them. He signed, yeah, he's, he 
put his signature on a piece of paper. It was most definitely him. But what if this is all done in a way to set up for a like a backdrop of this is like my insurance policy? Like I'm throwing this in the back of the safe. This is my insurance policy until I need it. Now he needs it because everything's coming out about his dad. He's trying to take heat off his dad. If you put this between him and Joe Biden, we've heard sick shit on both sides, right? You think he's going to take the fall for Joey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's that um, dead man flying. You know, the third plane in any formation, you know what it's there for, right? It's the back end to take, hey, if anybody's going to take a missile, this is the motherfucker doing it. See, I I have to disagree. and And here's why. I don't think he has that much loyalty or integrity in him. I think when- Why when, do you think that he had anything to do with when it? When push comes to shove- Why do you think he had Hunter is out for it? himself. Even if he didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, we just, you know, he did leave the laptops behind, but- Yeah, but how do you know that he knew that he was dropping off his laptop? How do you know that he knew that he wasn't dropping off his dad's laptop? Eh. His dad? Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. You go, eh, stop. Because you're the one that always says this to me. Think about it. He was paying all of Hunter's bills. He was paying, he was making Hunter do all the work around the house. What do you mean? Joe, you saw all the emails where he said, well, Hunter's got to go take care of this because the, the freaking shingles are falling off the side of the roof. Oh, Hunter needs five grand for this, three grand for that. What if Hunter was told to take laptops to the fucking repair shop? Hunter did just like he was told. Little did he know that those were not daddy's laptops. Those were copies of his. And those were put there just in case as an insurance policy for just this situation. I mean, it's a, it's possible. I'll give you it's it's definitely possible. But I would think now that it's come out, Hunter... If that is the case, Hunter knows he's being set up and he is not going to take the fall for daddy. Oh, no. If daddy set him up, he hell, he is not going to take the fall for daddy. Unless daddy had the conversation with him. Mm, we'll see. Which is the conver that conversation which we've talked about before in the past. It's, hey, bud, look, <clears throat> I need you to do a, you know, I need you to give one for the Gipper. Okay. I need you to hop on this one for me. Okay. Yeah. No. Got me? No. I, I've got you covered because the way this is going to work out in is court. Daddy's going to give him a pardon is no, he can't. But what he could do Technically he is can. if he draws enough reasonable doubt out of the picture about Hunter or him, it goes back to a hung jury who believes what conspiracy theory, because then that's what's being discussed in the courtroom, in the jury sequester area they're having that conversation about who believes what conspiracy about hunter biden and joe biden was hunter biden sent to pick up money for joe biden was he the big guy that was getting all the money where's his cut what was his cut how much money did he make again i bring this back to the beginning when i talked about what's her name from fucking arizona she i that goes right back to the beginning she was all He's all about himself just like she is. No different. No different. She's all about her. He's all about himself the way, the same way she is. He is not going to do anything until things get bad for him. Nothing's gotten bad for him yet. Not yet. The he's, FBI has barely even looked at him. He's making $500,000 for finger paintings. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I heard he's blowing it out of a straw out of his nose. 
along with Parmesan cheese. Uh, a boneless chicken. Uh, Mick got fired from the force before he he'd end up in jail or dead. So we were grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. They are corrupt. That's why I got fired. Yes. Because exactly. I was too honest. I was too honest, believe it or not. Yeah, they didn't like it. I, I walked in to get this. So when I was applying, uh, one of the cool things I did in the military was I knew how to beat a lie detector test. So one of the first questions they asked me, they were like, hey, I promise this is the last story tonight, folks. Um, but I, I was like, I walked in and one of the things I was told after I was trained in it is I told I was told, hey, anytime that you take a lie detector test from here on out, whether you go work for the CIA, or you go work for somebody else, OGA, another government organization, you have to tell them that you have been um, trained on how to defeat it, trained on how to defeat a lie detector test. And I was like, okay, so there I am. I got through my initial part of my police interview and I go in for my lie detector test. So I told the guy, right? Well, first I asked him, I fucked with him a little bit. I was like, so uh, what type of question are you going to be doing on me today? Direct or are we going to go the subversive route? And uh, he looked at me, he goes, how do you know that? I was like, well, I have to tell you that I've been trained to beat these. And he goes, you've been trained to beat what? I said, I can defeat a lie detector test. He said, no, you can't. Yeah. I said, oh, okay. He said, the federal government training me how to do this. Trust me, I'm pretty sure I can do it. I've done it before. This won't be the first time. He said, okay, well, we'll see. I said, okay. So uh, after an hour, like I was sitting in the chair for an hour. And when we say sitting in the chair, that means all the sensors are on. You have a sensor underneath your butt. You have a sensor that your feet t judges your feet. So if your feet move, you can feel the feet move. You got these palm sensors on your hands that measure if you're sweating. Um, you've got a chest belt on that actually measures your the rise and fall of your chest. And you have your heart. Everything's being taken from your heart. So I'm sitting there answering the questions. And uh, so the guy says, okay, look, everything is on pause right now. He's like, dude, okay, I get it. You win. I said, I win what? He said, you've been trained on how to defeat these. Do me a favor. Show me something. <laughs> like he had me lie to him. He's like, okay, tell me that the sky is green. Okay, the sky is green. There was no change in any of my biometrics that said that I was lying. He was just like, this is impossible. Nobody can do this. I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, we can. You just have to believe it. You just need to know how to do it. And he was he was all sorts of pissed off after this. And afterwards we started talking and he's just like, I was like, so who did you learn how to, you know, give questioning and lie detector to? And he just, and he told me who is, cause these guys go to school for it. Like we didn't go to school for it. We got a, like a little class. It was like, Hey, we had like the most badass dude who knows how to defeat a lie. He's like, uh, he, he's the guy that gives you the lie detector test. So of course the one guy that can give you the lie detector test is also the guy that can defeat it. So, this one dude, we had this one badass dude who came in for like two days, taught us how to do it. He's like, this is what you got to do. This, this is all you got to be worried about. Just understand that this is the psychology behind it. As long as you can defeat this, you can defeat any lie detector test. So I was like, sweet. So I got like a two day, this guy went to like college for four years to do this job. <laughs> and I, I just defeated his four year degree and an afternoon and he was pissed. He was so pissed. It was so funny. It was, it was very hysterical. It was hysterical. But but everybody knows that from the, it was funny it because the police academy, long. the police academy, they told me, hey, don't be as honest as that guy. And I was like, mm -hmm. what? Now that's a bad thing for being honest. Yeah, oh, when okay. you're a cop, it is. Oh fuck. Okay. Shit, I'm going to hell. Anyway, uh, well, we appreciate you guys coming in, checking us out. Um, we're on every Monday. Wait, wait, through wait. before we before we close out, there's one more clip I want to play just for fun because we didn't get to it last night or today. Okay. And, Which one? and, um, it's the one that says new day. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that one. It's pretty simple. Okay. This is 
Okay. I don't know if y'all have heard this trend that's going around, but apparently people getting on airplanes have been airdropping nudes to the entire plane. I'm not even kidding. Play this. Clip. Oh, I'm so doing that. <laughs> no, when not. I go to Vegas, I'm so doing that. I'm going to take secret pictures oh. of my balls and go, what's with, what's that bumps? Fasten your seatbelts and stop sending nudes. That message from a Southwest pilot who threatened to turn his plane around when a passenger on the flight from Houston to Cabo San Lucas started airdropping nude photos to the other travelers. Well, this continues while we're on the ground. I'm going to have to pull back to the gate. Everybody's going to have to get off. We're going to have to get security involved. Oh, and it's vacation that's going to be ruined. So you folks, whatever that airdrop thing is, quit sending naked pictures. Let's get yourself to the Cabo. So I am so glad that Erica Hill is with me now because we've been teasing this story yes. all morning. Okay, that's it. Wait, that's no, 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 because I want to see what Erica Hill's got to say because he's been waiting all morning to see what Erica Hill has that's to say about this. just rem reminds nope. me of like an angry dad, like, y'all better stop fighting or I'm going to turn this car around. You better get your asses back in those seats. I'm turning this thing around, bringing it back to the gate. We're going to get the cops involved. It's all going downhill from there, folks. Stop poking your brother. For the I life of me, I, I can't figure ass. out what was happening. They were airdropping naked photos around the plane. I still can't figure out why anybody would do this and think that, A, it's a good idea, or B, anybody wants to see them. But it happened. Aren't phones a beautiful thing? So this was a flight last week, Houston to Cabo San Lucas, a Southwest Airlines flight. So a passenger who shot that video tells CNN, she gets on the plane with her girlfriends, and all of a sudden somebody's trying to airdrop a picture. She declines that picture, but two people in front of her accepted it. Turns out it was a nude picture. She didn't want it. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> so another passenger then alerts this to a flight attendant, says, hey, this is what's happening. There's somebody on the plane who's airdropping this picture, trying to send it to us. The flight attendant tells the pilot, the pilot makes his don't make me turn this plane around announcement. <laughs> I do say I the part where he's like, whatever this airdrop thing yeah. is like, hey, dad, we have this thing, this new thing on our phones. Oh, shut up, bitch. But that is hysterical, though, because it is it is like, hey, look, so, don't make me turn this car around. Once this story came out. Now it's happening all over. Oh, really? Yeah. So I heard on the news this morning that it's happened like three more times now. I wonder if they're like people it's actually airdropping like are they like literally like are they just airdropping like porn or are they just like taking like pictures in the bathroom real quick I, and I, airdropping them to I don't, everybody? I, don't, I mean like be hysterical if we found out it was a stewardess. I mean, you know, like a fat gay stewardess. Janet be has hysterical. A, Janet has a whole file. Uh, deplorable Janet, if you guys don't watch uh, Deplorable Nation, it's freaking awesome. Um, but Janet has an, an entire file of dick pics that people have sent her. Over time, no one ever sends me dick pics. I wonder why. <laughs> They've all been shot off. <laughs> they, they know of, better. They're afraid of it getting shot off. But uh, <laughs> they know better. I know. But, you know, I mean, apparently people collect these things. So I guess they're sharing them. Airdropping. Uh, Purple headed mushrooms. <laughs> Airdropping is a feature on iPhones. So uh, like I can I airdrop clips to him or you know we airdrop uh, it to the computer all yeah night. we airdrop yeah. things to the computer um so it's just a another it's like a text message but only for iphone so anyway device to 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 device i or apple device to apple device yeah um it's apple specific everyone's got an iphone but don't make me turn this plate around that is hysterical though <laughs>
You would think that would be a Karen thing too, for somebody to get angry about a nude picture being dropped on the front. I, yeah, no like, guy. You notice that no guy was bitching oh, no, about it. No, no, no. It was the girls that had to tell the stewardess. Yes. Like, I can't believe this. I got another. Like, seriously, these nasty balls for real. Did you get this picture? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'd probably, I'd probably laugh and airdrop it to you. But Probably. <laughs> Well, either way, folks, we got to get out of here tonight. Uh, we appreciate you all coming by and yep. uh, check out Josh when he comes back. Uh, hopefully back tomorrow night. Yeah, he should be. Uh, 630 Eastern. Well, no, no, no. no. 830. It's, it's, it's 8, 830 Eastern. 830 uh, Eastern, 630 whatever, Mountain. 630 Mountain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're, so, we're on the East Coast. We're on Coast, the East Coast. So. Sorry, I'm trying to do the math in my head. It doesn't work so well. <laughs> we don't like time zones. We're yeah, stupid. <laughs> I think they're stupid. So and, either way, and check us out tomorrow. We come on right before the Red Pill Project on the same channel because Josh is kind enough to let us broadcast on his channels as well as our own. Yep. Uh, and then also on Cannabis and Combat as um, we uh, we now broadcast on Cannabis and Combat as well on uh, Roku. and on Roku, yep. Roku and uh, all the other ones. Yeah. So uh, yeah, D Live. Twitch, Rumble. Okay, you dad, don't have a stroke, a COVID shot stroke. So true, Liana, so true. Seriously. So uh, yeah, yeah, my nasty ass hairy balls. That's what I'm going to do. I swear to God, I'm going to do that. That's a great idea. I, 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 I think I'm, I'm, I'm doing that when I go to Vegas. Okay. It's going to go all over the place. That's yeah, the probably. How do you know it's your nuts? Uh, it's tattooed A to Z. It literally is the whole alphabet, but anyway. Really anyway. <laughs> all right well y'all have a great night and uh we uh hopefully josh will be back tomorrow night if not uh we'll be back uh 6 30 or 5 30 5 o'clock we start at 5 45 we're on at 6 eastern standard we do it five fifteen 15 minutes early just yep. for some music get everybody in the room but uh we start at 6 eastern standard so if you want to come check us out six to eight is our normal time so yep. check us out our normal time slot other than that, have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you fuckers later. Thanks for watching.